so high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever it is that you're doing right now, listening to the show, watching the show on YouTube, thank you for making it part of your day. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, which is now available everywhere books are sold and signed copies available on my website, johncorrales.com for $30. Uh, I am coming to you from Chicago, Illinois, where I was supposed to have a nice chill weekend after the draft, and Brad Stevens just can't resist making trades. All of a sudden, he's got the bug, and he's just making trade after trade after trade. So I'm going to be talking about the trade that sent Tristan Thompson out, that brought in Chris Dunn, the trade that brought in uh, Josh Richardson, that sent out Moses Brown, pour one out for the Moses Brown era. And later on, I'm going to be talking to Nick Angstead of Locked On Mavericks about the Josh Richardson trade and what, at least from the Mavs perspective, what the Celtics are getting. Because the Mavs perspective is an interesting one. He had his worst season in the NBA as a member of the Mavs. So I'll be doing all of that in this show Nick's coming up in the third segment. Uh, I'll, uh, I want to start with, I just thank you to anybody who watched the draft night show, which was a whole lot of fun. Uh, and this is why I'm on the road in the first place, because I went to Dallas and did the draft night show with Chad Ford and Raphael Barlow. And that was a lot of fun. So if you watch that show, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Now the Boston Celtics have been making moves. And there's a reason why they've been making moves. Uh, first of all, the Tristan Thompson move, I want to start with that because it accomplished, I think, I hope, a couple of goals, which was, I've, I've been talking about it. A few of you have commented on previous videos that the, uh, the trade brought in Chris Dunn and I've been talking about potentially bringing in Chris Dunn as size off the bench. I've been talking about got to get rid of Tristan Thompson. The Celtics did get rid of Tristan Thompson. So that's a big move. I think that's an important move. I'm very, uh, he, he's now on his way to Sacramento. Where So DeLon Wright went to Atlanta. Chris Dunn went to Boston. Tristan went to Sacramento. I think it was a financial thing. I think that's why DeLon Wright is not in Boston. And then after that, we had Josh Richardson going to Boston. He's being acquired in the remainder of the uh, Gordon Hayward traded player exception, and the Celtics are sending out Moses Brown. The 
Tristan Thompson trade was important because it cleared up a, a bit of a, a backlog in the front court. Trading away Moses Brown for now makes me feel like the Celtics are comfortable with Robert Williams and his health. They're comfortable with Robert Williams being good enough, healthy enough to get through the season, and that Al Horford is going to help sustain that. It's it's two bigs. They they weren't going to be spending whatever that number was, was $30, $40 million on the center spot. In today's NBA, that's a ridiculous number to be spending on the center spot. Should not be doing that. There's a better allocation of your resources. And the Celtics did a good job of starting to clear some of that out. Makes me feel like Grant Williams might be sticking around because you now have Robert Williams, Al Horford as your one-two center, and then Grant as your small ball option to kind of fill the gap. I don't know what the Celtics are going to do moving forward. I don't. I don't think they're going to spend a ton of money bringing in a third center, but we'll see. Uh, you know, I did a whole podcast or multiple segments on a podcast trying to figure out what Moses Brown was going to give the team, and now he's gone. So he never put on a Celtics uniform. And so who knows? Who knows what's going to happen moving forward? But for now, it feels like by trading away Tristan Thompson, the Celtics feel okay about Robert Williams, and they think that he can be durable enough. We'll see if that changes. Uh, I think bringing Chris Dunn, if he sticks around, there there are reports out there that, Maybe he's not going to stick around, that maybe the Celtics are going to move him. But for now, if they can keep him at $5 million, I don't know if they think that's too much or what, but if they can keep Chris Dunn, then that brings them a guard with size off the bench that can be defensive, uh, defensive-minded. And, and let's look at what the Celtics are doing here. Richardson defensive-minded wing, done, defensive-minded guard. Going out, Tristan Thompson, defense, not what was anticipated. Uh, the, the, the Celtics are building a defensive team around Tatum and Brown, and they're building a team that's trying to complement Tatum and Brown that can maybe accentuate those two. So it's about shooters. It's about bringing in the the guys that can maybe make Tatum and Brown a little bit better and who can take some of the defensive pressure off of Tatum and Brown. I do not think that this means that Marcus Smart is gone. I, I think there's a, a, a vocal minority online that says, oh, wow, they got Chris Dunn. Marcus Smart's out. Like, no, Chris, Chris Dunn is not your Marcus Smart replacement. If you think that Chris Dunn is a reason to replace Marcus Smart, then that's basically, tell me you don't watch the NBA without telling me you don't watch the NBA. If you think Chris Dunn's going to come in and supplant Marcus Smart, then you have not been watching Chris Dunn's career. That's He's a good, potentially good, defensive backup, if he can stay healthy. So I, I I just Marcus Smart. Nothing has changed my feeling that Marcus Smart is the starting point guard. Is he going to be the, mar- the 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 starting point guard next season? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Th- this season has 
has made things kind of interesting. But is he going to be the 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 starting point guard this current season? I, there's nothing that's happened that tells me otherwise. He's going to be the starter. Now we'll see what happens in free agency. We'll see if the Celtics pull off another trade. Maybe Smart will will be expendable after this season. I don't know. But for now, I feel like Smart's the guy, Dunn's one of the backups along with Peyton Pritchard. Josh Richardson can be one of either the backup uh, two guards, three guard, small forward, or he can start next to Marcus Smart. And you go Smart, Jay Rich, Tatum Brown, Robert Williams. That, I think, could work if Richardson can get back to his former self, his Miami self. But for now, I am all in on goodbye, Tristan Thompson. I'm I'm not shy about saying this. I think Tristan Thompson was bad for this team. I don't think he played well. I don't think he his attitude was great. I think that his dismissal of the regular season was part of how this season unraveled for the Celtics. I think that he and Kyrie coming from that LeBron coast through the regular season team was is is a common thread through the two worst seasons that the Celtics have had. I'm very happy to get guys from that Cleveland championship team off of the Boston Celtics. I do not want any of those guys around the Boston Celtics anymore because they learned horrible lessons that they think that regular seasons can be done a certain way. And they learned that stuff because LeBron made that possible. There's no LeBron except for LeBron. And so I'm very happy to get that mentality away from Boston, away from that locker room. Goodbye, Tristan Thompson. Farewell. See ya. Enjoy that Sacramento. Bet the under on wins next season in Sacramento. I mean, that's always a good bet anyway, but bye. So let's get into Jay Rich next and how that impacts the Evan Fournier because Evan Fournier negotiations are still going on, I think. And I think the Jason Richardson, or I'm sorry, the Josh Richardson uh, negotiations are a big, or, or the trade are a big uh, factor in the Fournier negotiations. I'm going to get the wording straight, <laughs> but basically I'm not sure anymore that Fournier is going to be coming back. So I will be doing that next after I tell you that Built Bar is the absolute best tasting protein bar on the market. If you watch that draft show, we had Built Bars on the set. I was very happy to grab a handful of free Built Bars because they're awesome and they get me through the day. Sometimes when I can't, like right now when I'm in a hotel and I couldn't get to breakfast, grab a Built Bar, glass of water, boom, that's my breakfast. It actually fills me up and it's healthy. Really what I'm getting is uh, about 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories 130, 180, four to five grams of sugar, four to five net carbs. And you're going to get great flavors, whether you like fruity stuff like cherry, raspberry, strawberry, it's all there. If you like chocolate, double chocolate, mint brownie, stuff like that. Or if you like coconut, there's a, a coconut flavor 
that tastes like an almond joy if you're into that kind of stuff. So check it out. The grasshopper cookie, it's like a Thin Mint. That's still around. They're, that's so popular, I think they're keeping that around. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the United States track and field team, which if you're watching the Olympics, track and field's going on right now. They're doing well. I'm not saying that's Built Bar that did it. I'm not saying it's not. I don't know. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. However many orders you place, however many times you go, use the promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off every single time. So, LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off at Built.com. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. The Miami Heat are making news because they seem to be very much in line for a sign-in trade for Kyle Lowry from Toronto. Uh, Whatever the terms of that deal are, it's very clear by all of the reporting that this deal is basically done. That's been negotiated. Everybody knows it's been negotiated. And it's very interesting because this is being reported now that, hey, the Miami Heat, after they accepted, uh, they exercised the option for Goran Dragic, they're not really keeping Goran Dragic. All of the reporting was, yeah, they 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 exercise that option, but don't expect Drogic in, in Miami. This, this really helps facilitate a sign and trade. If Kyle Lowry is available, compare that to how the Bogdan Bogdanovich sign and trade for Milwaukee was reported a year ago when free agency was going on there. And basically it was Milwaukee is signing or is acquiring Bogdan Bogdanovich via sign and trade for blah, blah, blah. That deal was reported as done. The parameters of that deal were reported as done and it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't allowed, but this, the way this is being reported, it's kind of like, well, if you know, it puts Miami in the lead. And so like, it's going to happen. Kyle Lowry's going to Miami and, and the way it's being reported makes it so Miami's not going to face any penalties. But Milwaukee did. And it's just so dumb. The whole thing is dumb. We know what happened. Nothing different happened in Milwaukee than what happened in Miami. It's just how it was reported. And in order to save face, the league had to fine the Milwaukee Bucks. And the, the, the whole thing is just stupid. Kyle Lowry's going to Miami. We all know it was. It, they tampered. They they got this deal done ahead of time. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? It's it, it, There's nothing different. But Miami's going to get away with it because of how it was reported. That aside, I'll leave that alone. The Celtics are getting Jay. Uh, I keep saying Jason Richardson. Josh Richardson. That that's how old I am. I keep saying Jason. Uh, Josh Richardson is coming to Boston, and hey, who knows? He could be he, if he can reclaim his former glory, his Miami glory. 
then he could be a really, really good player. Again, next segment, I'm going to be talking to Nick Angstead of Lockdown Mavericks. We're going to figure out what, what's going on with him as a player. But as far as what this means for the Boston Celtics, how they're putting their team together, it seems to me that there's a financial element to this because by the reporting that I've seen and some of the look, the, the numbers that I've looked at, I think as of right now, the Celtics are getting themselves under the cap. Now, I don't know if they're going to operate. I'm, I'm sorry, under the tax. I don't know if they're going to operate under the tax all season or if this is just the temporary thing that gets them under the tax. But the whole point is that the Celtics aren't going to be a, a huge taxpaying team if they are at all. I wonder if the Celtics are going to try to operate under the tax in general this season and push off the luxury tax to next year and push off that repeater one more year. That that might be how it goes because right now, look, you've accomplished a couple of goals here. you got your backup point guard. you got yourself a wing, a 3-and-D wing, potentially if he can you know, get back to himself, and you're under the luxury tax. You still have the the full, I'm sorry, the taxpayer mid-level, which they're not going to use the full mid-level because I don't think they want to they hard cap themselves. You never know if a big deal is going to come along. Look, Bradley Beal, and I haven't done a show since the, the, the draft, the Washington Wizards traded away Russell Westbrook. Bradley Beal is sitting here looking at, look, we got Kyle Kuzma, we got KCP, we got, um, who else did they get? Uh, I'm missing one off the top of my head. Uh, oh, Montres Harrell. And they got a pick. That's supposed to give the Wizards flexibility, but it's also, uh, I, I think it's a little desperation. Now, they could try to make those guys useful players and then use those useful players if they can build up their value to trade that value for maybe somebody else. But if those guys aren't really good, then they're stuck. I think there's a possibility that the Celtics could be looking at, hey, the Wizards are a mess by the trade deadline. Beal could say, I'm done. I tried. I'm out. They can offer Washington young players. They can offer them picks, and they can offer them a ton of expiring contracts. And if Beal says, I want to go to Boston, and you have to match deals, well, now Richardson's deal is at $11 million, and Dunn's deal is at five, and you can throw in Marcus Smart if you want, but hey, maybe you don't. Maybe you throw in some of the other young guys and you say, here's Romeo, here's Neesmith, here's Pritchard, here's whatever. Or if you do throw Marcus Smart in, you got Smart, Jay Rich, and Chris Dunn. You, that's what? Off the top of my head, 26, 30. That's almost the entire entirety of Bradley Beal's contract in expiring deals. And now you can trade all of Bradley Beal's contract for cap space at the end of the year. Plus picks, which maybe they don't matter as much, but 
all of that cap space is meaningful to the Wizards. Having that cap space plus those picks, you can maybe push those picks out a little bit. Who knows? That could be a deal that makes a lot more sense than maybe a previous Celtics deal for Bradley Beal. So all of this doesn't even take into account Evan Fournier, which I don't know now that Evan Fournier is going to get re-signed. It's starting to look like that thing that we've been laying out since I had Keith Smith on the podcast, I think a month ago at this point. Teams with cap space seem to be lining up and maybe a team with cap space like the Knicks is coming in to throw 20 plus million dollars at Evan Fournier. My bet is the Celtics are getting Jay Rich and Chris Dunn as the, hey, Fournier's out. We need to get somebody around them. Hopefully we can get something out of Richardson. Hopefully Dunn can be a, a pretty good defensive presence. Hopefully some of our young guys step up. And then who knows with the mid-level exception, you can still sign somebody with the taxpayer mid-level and then find a way to get under the tax later on if it's that important to you. So it feels like to me that Fournier is actually gone. In that scenario that we've been fighting about, that we've been talking about, is, is coming to fruition. That a, a team with cap room is saying, all right, uh, we're going to give Evan Fournier more money than he's worth, money that he can't refuse, and we're going to let him go into free agency next year. That's always been a risk. I, I, I'm not surprised that this is happening, if that is, in fact, what's happening. So we'll see. Um, but it seems like the moves are signaling that Fournier is gone. We'll find out more during the week. In the meantime, I'll come back with Nick Angstead and figure out what's going on with Josh Richardson. Maybe the Celtics can get something productive out of him. You know, betting on the NBA and betting on the Celtics doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and host hot handicapping expert Lee Sterling, Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's brought to you by Bet Online. Now, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on sports. No matter what you want to bet on, it's all available at Bet Online. So head on over, use your laptop, use your mobile device, doesn't matter. Create your username, your profile your um, your whole thing and then when you sign up use the promo code locked on you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus so after you create everything enter the promo code locked on make your first deposit and then you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit so 200 bucks it's a $100 welcome bonus $100 deposit $50 welcome bonus so make that first deposit count because that's basically basically like winning a bet. Head on over to Bet Online. Make sure you're using that promo code locked on. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on sports. Please gamble responsibly. Be 
sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. All right, the Celtics bring in Josh Richardson, who is former Dallas Mavericks. So let me bring in the one of the hosts of the Locked On Mavericks podcast and one of the guys behind the scenes at the Locked On Draft NBA Draft Show. Uh, so I'll, I'll be very nice to Nick Angstead uh, wow. for for helping me get through six hours of live programming. And I mean, I'm sure Nick that you're you're devastated losing Josh Richardson. At this point. <laughs> Honestly, to go back, one of the most impressive things I've seen this year is you doing six hours of that draft show. Like everybody listening, locked on Celtics is in good hands because this guy is an absolute pro live TV, us talking in his ear, me make me cracking jokes to him in his ear while we're <laughs> live on TV. Uh, me going back and forth with him about like, okay, what are the, what are the Kings doing with this buddy healed thing? And we're doing, going over cap sheets, like great stuff from yeah. you. Absolutely. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Josh Richardson. Uh, yeah. He's your problem now. <laughs> no, just, okay. Just, no, let, let, let's really, let's get into this because yeah. You guys, you're looking at this when when you traded when when the Mavs traded for Richardson. I appreciate you, you not saying you guys because sometimes people say you guys like we did. It. Yeah, right, right. I have to catch myself. Yeah. Um, the the Mavs gave up Seth Curry. Yeah. Um, they needed that shooting around Luca, but before you saw what Jay Rich was in Dallas. Give me the initial reaction that when when the Mavs traded for Richardson, what were you thinking? So the initial reaction was, okay, we understand the thinking because at the time, yes, the shooting would have been great, but they had Porzingis who was sh- shooting well, Luca whose shot was improving. They had Tim Hardaway Jr. who's a 40% three-point shooter now in Dallas. They had some – Dorian Finney-Smith's shot was improving. Maxie's shot was, was doing well that year. Like th- there was some shooting there. So – to lose a little bit of shooting and gain defense, which they desperately needed, was a trade that we could understand. Plus, they got the 37th pick in the draft, so they got Tyler Bay, which is another wing, a defensive wing that they brought in, which we liked. We thought about possibly taking him at 19, and so we were like, okay, we're in on this deal. We think that this is good value. Uh, then, preseason, Josh Richardson shot like 8 of 10 from 3, and we were like, we won the trade outright. It was like the most incredible thing. And then we were completely brought down to earth, but we understood the thinking at the time because the defense to me was more uh, necessary than shooting. Some of these guys can be streaky shooters, but at least they can shoot. They can't defend. Right. And especially if Porzingis was going to be the defender that he turned out to be the end of last season. And then especially this season, they needed something. They needed to add personnel. It wasn't just going to be a new coaching scheme and a new something to be able to improve that defense last year. They needed to add some personnel. And so adding Josh Richardson, we kind of got the idea. Plus, he only had that one year in Philadelphia where he just seemed off. He was a rising star with the Miami Heat. And so he was only one year removed from you know being that rising star. That was kind of like a secondary creator. They kind of played him at point guard a little bit. And so at the time, I really understood the deal. It was tough to lose Seth. And Mavs fans will tell you we were they were so against it. But it was probably about 50-50. So, all right. And, and I get it from your perspective. So he comes in and struggles. And you've seen him be good. What What's the difference between the Jay Rich that you saw that was good and the guy that, was ha- that, that had this season in Dallas? Is it 
a fit thing? Was it a problem with Luca or or Przingis or or maybe with Rick Carlisle? What what was going on there with him in Dallas? It was a weird situation. So he plays about eight games and then he gets COVID. And the Mavericks had this really weird situation, which the Celtics do too. Like these two teams lost the most games to COVID last year uh, of any team in the NBA. And the Mavericks lost it really early. They were in Denver on January 7th. A, bu- a couple of guys got COVID. They left him in Denver, basically. And Josh Richardson stayed in a hotel in Denver for the next like two or three weeks, basically. And he was just stuck there. And so coming out of that, he did he struggled a lot. And I think that that really set him off in the set him off in the wrong way, right? And so it was just a weird season overall, the limited training camp, limited preseason. Then he comes in, plays about eight games, sort of kind of getting it, getting in the rhythm. Then he gets COVID. And COVID affects everybody differently. I mean, you guys had Jason Tatum that, you know, that, you know, affected him in a certain right. way and all that. And so some guys came back from COVID and they were like, all right, I'm right back in it. Josh Richardson struggled a little bit, you could tell. And so then we had the question, how long until we decide, is this just COVID or is this just how he is? Does he have his wind back or is it something else? And so then he came back. He was back for a little bit. The defense just never really picked up for him at a certain point or at least a way that we could tell. Uh, Maybe other people saw it differently. But offensively, it is difficult to play with Luka in the sense that if you're going to be like a secondary ball creator, like like a secondary creator next to Luka, you have to be really, really good. You have to be confident. You have to know what you're doing because if Luca sees that you're just like dribbling the ball around, randomly taking these little pull-up shots where Josh Richardson kind of like leans back and fades and his back is hunched at the same time, like those kind of shots aren't going to fly with Luca because he knows better basketball than that. And so he's just, he's not going to give it to you then at that point. But if you're a guy, you hit catch and shoot threes, he loves you. He's going to hit you every single time if you're wide open for sure. And Luca would still do that with Richardson, but Trying to figure out Richardson's role was pretty tough because the Mavericks then all of a sudden had to try and figure out Porzingis' role again this season because of a lot of things that that changed and happened with him. The injury in the playoffs last year, then coming back this season a little bit late. He didn't have a training camp, didn't have a preseason, just came and started the season a little bit late. And then there was a lot of drama and talk with Porzingis about where his shots are coming from and all that kind of stuff. And so trying to figure out the Luka KP relationship, the Josh Richardson one really came on the back burner and that one, I, that I think really took him out of it. So there is a good player in there. Like there is a solid player in there. I'm not sure you can call him like a three and D type player. He just didn't shoot the ball well enough uh, to be that. And I just don't think he's ever shot the ball well enough to be considered that in his career. But I, I think there is a good player in there. It just did not work with Dallas. Yeah. And that that's the thing that I, I was going to ask you next is if you can be as objective as possible, when you look at a player, sometimes you look at a player and you're like, just like you said, there's a guy in there that you're like, this guy can be good, but he's just not clicking. You do you, honestly, do you think that there's a possibility that around Tatum, around Jalen Brown, maybe around Marcus Smart, whatever, that there's a possibility that that he can playing off of these guys rather than playing off of the guys that he was playing with in Dallas? Maybe there's something there that that can kind of rejuvenate his career he's only 27 he's he's going into his prime i hate i I don't want to sit there and say like this dude is is dawn he's toast because he's had two years where it's been like eh and then eh. but the the previous years in miami were pretty damn good it was it was going up right like he was rising up into that right echelon then it just didn't work in philadelphia and dallas for two different reasons so 
looking at him just from a basketball perspective, do you do you honestly do you think that there's a guy in there that hey, you know, right situation, right guys around him? Who knows what he can be? I don't know if he's I'm not gonna say he's gonna be an all-star, but like he can be a productive player still, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think, especially defensively, I'm just imagining him with Smart and Tatum and Brown, and especially if all those guys are back uh, with Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson's all of a sudden, what, like the fourth best wing defender in that lineup? Right. Then all of a sudden, that's a, that's a completely different guy. He's when, when he first got traded to the Mavericks, there was a video that came out of him and James Johnson, who was, who was traded to the Mavericks too, uh, and there's a video of both of them on the plane going, Dallas, the dogs are coming. Here come the dogs, right? Like these guys are, are guys that that want to, you know, play tough. Jo- James Johnson's a guy that wants to play dirty. I wouldn't call, you know, Josh Richardson the guy that wants to do that. Uh, but guys that that want to get after it on defense, want to stop guys, want to, you know, uh, rotate, do the right things on defense, do the little things on defense, and I think that can work really, really well. Offensively is where it's going to be a little tough, but. I just, I just imagine him trying to do all these little floaters and all these little like mid-range shots, which his mid-range shot was was pretty decent at a certain point during the season. Uh, but yeah, it's, if it's going to be a your turn, my turn kind of offense, it's, it's hard for me to imagine him you know, working really well. But it didn't work with the single ball creator in Dallas, so maybe maybe it'll work in that kind of offense in See, Boston. This is, this is where I feel like it's actually not going to be too bad because – He's not going to be asked to do much offensively at all. It's Tatum, it's Brown first. Smart's probably third. If if you've got guys off the bench that are 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 coming along, then then Richardson can just be like overflow offense, and that that might be that might be where he does his best work. We'll see. I don't know. Um, third time's a charm, right? Leave leave Miami. Go to. Philadelphia, right. Dallas, and now Boston, like the third playoff team is, is the charm for him. There it is. There it is. All right. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully there's something in there, but I appreciate your perspective there. Nick Angstead from Lockdown Mavericks. Thanks, Nick, for uh, hopping on for a couple minutes. Absolutely. Thanks to Nick. Thanks to you for watching. Thanks to Brad Stevens for giving us something to talk about heading into free agency. Negotiations with free agents are starting here on Monday. So this is going to be a very eventful week. So please subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening to it or on YouTube, please subscribe on YouTube, comment, leave comments and, and whatever, and share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.